Good morning, Guam, and thanks for starting your day the KUAM way. Of course, uh, our Facebook Live uh, shows, we do them every uh, weekday. This is mine. My name is Chris Martin. It's called uh, Group Chat. And we have uh, a couple of doctors in uh, the studio here, uh, Dr. Uh, Narissa Underwood and, of course, her... Um, significant other <laughs> dr robert underwood and i uh, just kind of wanted to debrief from that uh i want to say a historic march for self-determination i mean i was thinking about the things that uh, you've done and, and other pioneers in this uh, movement of self-determination have, have done and has have has anyone marched before because I feel like that's something you want to be like, hey, we marched for this. Because <laughs> we've pro I'm sure you've demonstrated. Yeah, right? we've yeah. demonstrated, but I don't, I don't think we specifically have ever marched for tomorrow's self-determination. And of course, Narissa was in there from the very beginning. Right. And so she was uh, telling me this morning, uh, when we were beginning, there was less than 20 of us, and now there's uh, you know pretty near 2,000 of us. Right. So that's great. And that, yeah. there was a little bit of debate I saw on uh, my Twitter feed. Um, <laughs> you said to 2000, but I heard actually it was 1,999. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, and I told him, I said, it doesn't matter whether it was 1,100 or what. I said, I'm just so happy it was more than 20. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. and I think it does matter. I think this was a, yeah. a statement because, um, yeah. and I thought it was interesting in, in the leading up to this march, you started to see the naysayers come out, you know, yeah. and, um, yeah. you know, I don't want to single out my friend, Ron Magnitch is my friend and you know hey a little lesson for everyone out there you can actually be friends with people you don't agree with um it's actually healthy uh so he had done a little um talk the day before you did your not so little talk and so i thought that was that was um interesting and i i really felt like there was a so much anxiety leading up to this march with um the people who were participating in it people who were down for the cause and the anxiety was if we don't do this big <laughs> You know, it's just yes. going to give uh, fuel to the the opponents or, you know, the critics mm -hmm. of, of uh, Chamorro's self-determination. Yes. So, yeah, there was a little bit of a risk involved in yeah. that, you know. Especially but, uh, because you kept going out and saying that, oh, this is going to be the biggest uh, <laughs> political rally uh, Guam has ever seen. Yeah. <laughs> and it was. Yeah, and, and, and was. so, hey. And, uh, but uh, we were joking this morning that if we uh, went out and sold shirts that said, I was there on September 2nd, 2019, we'd probably <laughs> sell 5,000. <000. laughs> <laughs> well, you got to get some shirts and, then. And, then, and, then, and, people, and people will say, I was there. I yeah, was there. I right, was there. Right. <laughs> and so uh, I, I guess just we'll start uh, at the beginning. What was it like organizing this? Because uh, I know you, you guys worked really um, hard. And, and I, I, I heard you um, talk about the other people who organized because you were kind of like the most visible figure, you know, being Robert Underwood and, and stuff. And there were other people. Oh, yeah. There were a lot of other people. You know, there were there, there was, of course, Miguel Bivac. Ken Cooper, Lola Leon Guerrero, uh, there were, uh, um, um, you know, uh, Monica Flores, there were just uh, bunches of people, Jesse Chargalov, who mm -hmm. I've, uh, many of them I've never really m interacted much with before, but what they were doing was uh, uh, they were uh, providing the framework for it, and then, you know, we, we talked a lot, and we gave a little guidance, we, I kept stressing to people that, uh, you know, emotionally, I think most people are with us. They just want to know that it's okay to demonstrate that. Right. And so you have to invite them to participate. You can't be drawing lines. And uh, so I think the, the proof of that was uh, 
uh, omnipresent yesterday when people came out with their own signs. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that that's the, the sign of a grassroots movement. Mm -hmm. We weren't uh, we didn't make signs and give it to them. Right. They made yeah. their own signs. They were very proud to have their own signs. Signs for their families, signs for their for themselves and their message. So that was incredible. It was a very moving event because people were happy to be there. They weren't angry. They were just happy to be there, and they met with other people, and and the sun was brutal. Right. <laughs> but you know what was really incredible about it was that the rain did not pour down until after the program. Yeah, I heard about that, and people were, they were. So um, that's a blessing. Yeah, they were saying, like, oh, see, yep, yeah, God is on our it. side. God, God is with us. Right. Yeah, it was, uh, it was remarkable for that, because I kept checking the National Weather Service, you know, like 80% chance of thunderstorm, then right. went down to 60, then went on, and then it just didn't happen during the time. And so um, you guys were able to, to bring together all these different um, factions, is it, I feel like it's a negative connotation, but these different groups um, together in one place. And I think that was the real uh, success of it is that, you know, you have so many different groups, so many different uh, focuses. Uh, there's, you know, the cultural dancers, there's the uh, language revitalization people, there's obviously the self-determination groups, the task forces. Um, the old school activists uh, came out. I mean, Danny Pocket Jackson was there, and he was talking yeah. about um, when he was there at Adelope with Angad. And so mm -hmm. I really thought it was, uh, I, I was in Hong Kong for the weekend, so I wasn't there. Uh, but I was really up. I got up early, and I was watching, um, you know, all the stuff on uh, social media. And it really made me uh, proud. And that's what I thought was, um, to me, is you guys were able to sell this as something that, wasn't just for Chamorros, which I, I felt, and you know, Jesse at the, the press conference, I felt like it was a successful, uh, successful rebranding because you guys are able to get. That's the thing is like it's an um, an exclusive thing, right? It's Chamorro only or whatever. But you guys were able to, to get people to who aren't Chamorro. I mean, dang, you had the Yappies out there, you had Filipinos, um, you had you know, I know there's a Chukis uh, delegation, yes. so yeah. Palawans. Mm -hmm. How how was that sell? Because people do really care about each other. I think mm -hmm. I think I think the people of Guam uh, who live here care about the Chamorro people. Yes, I really I really yes, believe we that. Do. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And and I just don't think it's a it's a harsh thing. So it's always like telling people we're not here to deny anybody a right. We're here to fix a wrong. Right. And when you when you do it that way, people say, Yeah, I want to fix that wrong. And uh, so you know the road is tough, uh, but but it. Really Really, uh, it it wasn't a sales job. Yeah. See, so that's the the point. It wasn't just like, well, let's do this and maybe they'll come. It wasn't a they they once they heard it, they came. I went on Mega Mix. I went on uh, you know Mega Mix with uh, Jamela Santos. Right. Okay. And that was that was a great experience, you know, because mm -hmm. uh, those uh, those uh, young uh, uh, Filipinos over there were you know asking really direct questions and harsh questions, and but you know we dealt with them. And so, um, in the beginning, right, I mean, you just had, uh, I know, did they kick you out of the legislature? <laughs> no. No? Okay. I mean, they, they wouldn't let, let me in. Okay, they so wouldn't let me in. That's different well, that's, than yeah. kicked That's the rule. You <laughs> cannot <laughs> go. <laughs> Even if you're Robert Underwood. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, that's why I said or I should have brought her, because she, she has I the right ID. In. She could go in. Right. So, you know, and... and <laughs> 
you said at the outset of the press conferences that this wasn't a statement of the federal government, that this was going to be a statement to the local um, elected leaders. So was the statement uh, successful? Uh, I believe so. I believe that there was no, uh, 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 no uh, local official who will remain unaffected by this. And, uh, you know, this is such a contrast to when we were at it earlier. You know, you want to talk about uh, 39 years ago when we started the Organization of People for Indigenous Rights. I was telling our friends there yesterday, I said, uh, the politicians, the leaders who are running away from us, they would give us donations, but they would be anonymous, you know. And so now they're running towards us. And it was wonderful to see elected officials there yesterday. Right. And so I just want to, were all 15 senators there? Was there anybody who wasn't there? Uh, you know, I, uh, well, we we don't want to make a mistake, you know, and say right. somebody wasn't there that, uh, but, uh, uh, you know, we're comfortable that uh, 11 or 12 senators were there. Oh, I know, that's yeah. definitely a super majority. And the governor yeah. was there. And the right. governor was yeah. there. Right, yeah. And so um, what about the speeches? I saw you do so. I know. Yeah. I know well, marching. afterwards, they were just—they were all brief speeches. They really—we wanted to keep the speeches brief. So Lisa Natividad spoke, and Jamela Santos. Those are really good. And uh, 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 Mr. Te- uh, I can't, uh, J. Ray Tetalto. He's a, a poet. I mean, nice. It's good. I, I freaked out when I saw the video. I was just like, wow. Yeah. I mean, you see people, um, they would just do a static shot, and mm-hmm. people kept coming kept with coming. the signs, and they and, were uh, you know, yeah. chanting. We, right, when we started, you know, the, the, uh, because the Antelope Field is pretty big. Right. Mm-hmm. So it sort of looked like, wow, how many people are here? And then once we started marching, people started to go down, and then they said, wow, there's a lot. And then people were coming out of their cars, <laughs> running across the street, <laughs> And they were a little bit late, but, uh, you know. You know, there have been, uh, I mean, obviously, this, the impetus for this was a defeat. It was, the you know, losing the Dave Davis case. Um, but, you know, I feel like the time is right. You have these uh, these indigenous movements, not just on Guam, but around the world. You're starting mm-hmm. to see more focus from the media on indigenous uh, rights and indigenous movements. So do you think we're kind of at, at that, that point where uh, everything's coming to a head and maybe it is? This is the best time. I mean, like you said, you did it 39 years ago. You had 20 people. <laughs> now in 2019, you got 2,000. <laughs> so I, I feel like that the movements are ripe. I mean, they're just um, well, the numbers t- there. Yeah, timing's everything. And uh, but you know, we don't want to be too patient. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't want to wait another 39 years. But <laughs> but you're you're right. It seems like there's a, a worldwide phenomena of attention to this, and uh, so we'll see how it plays. You know, how it plays inside the uh, U.S. as well. Uh, you know, because we'll see how the uh, the people are running for president and what kind of environment this sets in terms of what to deal with indigenous people and what to do with territories. Right. Uh, let's talk about, I mean, I don't know how soon after the march you started thinking about what's next, but what is next? Well, that's up to the group to think about. But, you know, the the, the obvious thing would be to get uh, uh, some kind of uh, written commitment or statement from each elected official right. that they're going to do something, that they're going to... Because they're the ones that, they, you know, the, the attorney general, the delegate, the governor, the, the members of the legislature, they're the ones who are going to come forth, uh, come forward and think of a strategy. And if they don't feel the, the heat and the emotion and the intensity of this behind them, 
they won't do much. But now that they've borne witness to it, so I think they're going to be very animated. And I, I just wanted to mention the mayors too, because okay. the mayors were out there. The they were giving us water. They were wow. giving us water. Yeah. You know, nice. they were. They set up water stations. They provided tents, chairs. And yeah. They were out there. Yeah. I thought it was interesting that um, in saying now that the onus is on our elected leaders that it wasn't the elected leaders who organized this. There wasn't any, I don't think there was a single elected official <laughs> who organized this. I, I mean, and I know them, I think they kind of <laughs> sat back and they're like, oh, is it going to be 20? <laughs> who do we want to, you know? And so I thought it was kind of ironic that this movement is, is you know, I felt like the Dave Davis ruling could have been a killing blow. I had heard that you had told people that it could be a blessing in disguise. So yeah. I feel like it was a blessing in disguise. I think it was a, it was a wake up call for, yes. uh, you know, it was the stark reality of our yes. political status. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't want to I don't want to thank Dave Davis too much, but he did. Uh, no, that, <laughs> that ruling really uh, did ignite, I believe, uh, what people were just kind of like sitting on and and um, that desire to ensure that their right is really exercised right. and the promise is kept that we hold um, Uncle Sam's promise their feet to the fire to carry through what they told the Chamorro people so they would be able to do and and you're right about the it, it the way that it was organized we made a decision early that no elected official right. was going to be allowed to speak and um, not that they were not welcome but they you know none were invited and uh, how'd that go afterwards though because I know there were a ton well, of afterwards they were they coming were like, up yeah. you know they, okay. yeah. Yeah. we're and here we're present we're here we're right. present and, and so also, you let them speak did they get to speak no no, they didn't. No, okay. no. Okay. but they but they're they're uh, posting on their social media right. a lot of stuff. Yeah, uh, the, Ron Rivera, who was uh, involved in this for, and he's uh, passed away, a good friend, and he for a long time he used to have this uh, bumper sticker that says, "When the people will lead, the people the leaders will follow." Right, and yeah. and that's uh, kind of like uh, the sense of it. You know, sometimes uh, you you have to boot, uh, you know, to to. Uh, give instructions to the leaders and they'll take the cue. This is the biggest cue I think that uh, the island's ever given them about tomorrow self-determination. And I mean, I don't want to knock any of the, and I don't know why I'm focusing on the senators, but you know, the governor as well, they've all I mean, for the most part, all of them have come out on the record and said that they support tomorrow self-determination, but you know, part of me, the cynic in me uh, you know those cartoons when uh, you know, one of the cartoon characters hasn't eaten in days and they start looking at their friend and they see a big walking raw chicken <laughs> Mm-hmm. I kind of felt like these senators were looking at like, oh my God, there's 2,000 votes out here. You know, this is, this is big. <laughs> but that's important. Well. It's important, you know, and, and I have a lot of activist friends and I told them last year, like, you guys got to show that you have power at the ballot box. You know, right. I mean, that's when they're going to up and listen and, um, you know, hey, they got a couple of their the activists. Uh, now we got a couple of people who are sitting senators who came from these groups. So yeah. I think the tide's kind of turning. Well, and, and when, when, you, when you have Democrats Demonstrations, and you know pretty much everybody who's in the demonstration, <laughs> it, 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 it loses its punch. Right. Yeah. But now, when we're we were looking at some of the videos this morning, yeah. and we're noticing people, we wow, they were there. Oh, yeah. they were there. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so yeah, so I'm Mike Phillips. Uh, yeah, he was course, there. Senator Teresa Lahi. Yes. Uh, a bunch of the senators, Senator Regina Abisko League, mm-hmm. uh, Senator Clint Rigel. And they all wanted to hold the flag. It. Yeah, that was funny. <laughs> That's why you needed such a big flag because everybody wanted to get that, <laughs> <laughs> that flag. <laughs> 
Yeah. and Augustine was there, and right. Amanda Shelton. Yeah. Yeah. I also saw um, uh, uh, William. Will Castro. Will Castro. Right. Yeah. yeah. Where'd you guys get that flag? It actually, I believe it belongs to John Gerber. Okay. And then uh, Malia Ramirez got a hold of it, and he said he would bring it. And then when it was brought, you know, we, they said, well, who's going to carry it? It's so huge. It's, it's, well, it, was, it's, it turned pe- out really pe- good. People will want to yeah. want to do something. Right. Was that a garrison flag? No. 50, 50 by 30? Uh, maybe, but I, I don't think they make garrison flags for Guam. <laughs> but, you know, well, they have no garrison. <laughs> and so there was another uh, similarly sized flag that was hanging from a balcony on the right. way over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And that, that, was, was, uh, that was good. That was good, too. And that was, so a lot of spontaneity. See, it took on that uh, kind of street festival, like mm-hmm. you're going there and, you know, uh, people holding up signs saying, you know, when is it my turn? Or, you know, yeah. I want to do this. Clever signs. Yeah. yeah, they were just and, yeah. and, uh, making their own signs. That was mm-hmm. the part about it that, uh, uh, so it was always a, uh, like, you know, are you going to teach them how to chant? Hey, hey, ho, ho. You know, <laughs> blah, 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 that blah. Got to go. That hungry. <laughs> you know, you know. There's something and, like that. And, yeah. then, and, then, uh, and then the other thing is, are we going to give them signs? Mm. And yeah, uh, the, the answer was, no, let them, let them make their own signs. Yeah, it looked yeah. like a I mean, you know, weird to say. I never, <laughs> I'm a supporter of more self-determination, but it looked pretty fun. Yeah. yeah. Right? I mean, you guys yeah, made it, it trendy. It was cool. Yeah. Uh, so it's September, and I feel like this March on, um, you know, Labor Day heading into September, they're having the big decolonization um, conference. How do we carry the energy from uh, this March and this uh, tremendous uh, showing into into that conference? Or is that something that you're even interested in doing? Well, you know, uh, that, that's part of it. But here's the thing that uh, that uh, that uh, kind of people uh, is, is, is going on that we don't really see. Lots of high school students out. Oh yeah, uh, they're they're talking about this in their classrooms, and they're 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 discussing this in a, in a very powerful ways. So you know, my word is to those high school teachers and those high schools that are not engaging this. You're missing out on an opportunity to really get people excited about something. And uh, well, I mean, not just not just that. I mean, uh, from a practical uh, viewpoint, this is. Uh, real life civics. This, this real is social life studies. Civics. This is government. And this so is something that, that's happening is, here. Uh, and so you could you could tell that some high schools were in it, some high schools were not in it, right. and uh, you could tell some of that. But just just the the level of interest by high school students was uh, very high. Of course, university students, you know, as well. You expect UOG students to be yeah, woke, ex- though. You, right. you expect yeah. them, but and then the uh, this uh, uh, kind of like the. Uh, you know, I don't want to put too much of uh, emphasis on this, but kind of like the the people who are uh, leaving island and getting PhDs, and now they, they were all there. Yeah, they're all there. They're contributing their research. They're contributing. There's a whole level of research here and involvement and conversation uh, that is uh, that 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 is fantastic and deeply held and deeply seated. That uh, you know, we're we're gonna have to. Uh, 
contentment. Right. And I know you got a soft spot for academics, but what I like <laughs> was that uh, there were so many grassroots people. I yeah. mean, I see people who punch a clock eight to five right. right there with their families. And oh, I think yeah. that, that's what this movement has kind of been missing because a lot of times I'm not an academic, uh, yeah. but a lot of times I feel like in these, these movements and I see it, you know, outside looking in is that uh, when you have academics, you know, talking to other academics, yeah. it's just, you know, too academic and it doesn't, it, it loses something in the translation right. where right. people feel like, because I mean, take it, people think academics are elitist. I mean, yeah. some yeah. people do. But, it's hard to talk to them. But being able to translate this into something that, you know, grassroots, uh, you know, right. the regular folk can get behind. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, so, so we had, we had conversations on that too, you know, to stop using terms like restorative justice. What right. the hell does that mean? Yeah, yeah. And that's what, I, that's what I'm saying. I mean, you know. <laughs> Don't use an academic concept, yeah, yeah, restorative yeah. justice. What's that? Yeah, I've had that talk with Maget, uh, you know, hey, whoa, you know. No words over 12 letters, guy. <laughs> so, Not, I think that's important, you know, because I, I, I feel like uh, academics, you can't do it by yourself. You know what I mean? For sure. Yeah, yeah. so for sure. that was good. Uh, I want to, you know, that we're done breaking our arms, patting each other on the back for this uh, march. <laughs> I kind of want to switch gears here because, uh, you know, to quote my friend Julius Cesar Santos, uh, there's a big, huge elephant in the room. And uh, I feel like I want to wrap this by addressing these, um, <laughs> a big, huge donkey in the room. <laughs> oh, okay. Right. Now right. I know what you're yeah, getting. So uh, these these allegations that, uh, you know, the former chief of staff for Congressman, uh, Mike Nicholas uh, came out and just so many uh, levels. Sabrina Salas-Metanani did a great story yesterday, I feel like. And there's been uh, different stories done in different media, but I really felt like um, hers kind of like encapsulated the whole thing. Uh, these allegations that, um, you know, uh, Congressman Mike Nicholas has allegedly uh, been carrying on an affair for uh, several years with a, you know, a mistress and that um, he's also allegedly um, used the office to, uh, I guess, kind of facilitate this uh, and there's allegations of the misuse of campaign funds there's allegations he forges fathers there's just so much i mean and i the affair right whatever you want to talk about a chakma i mean okay there's that but i think the the other issues that are brought up are, are kind of being um, maybe glossed over a little bit but i just wanted to, to bring you on because as a former congressman i'm, I'm pretty sure you and people they hate on you you know and, and <laughs> i just feel like if you're going to do something on a congressman then you know by comparison you should interview i don't know a congressman who has similar experience so that's an i don't try and pit you against mike or you know i just feel like if we're talking congressman and there's a congressman <laughs> around that i want to bring you in for your perspective so uh let's just talk about the, the ethical side uh real quick uh can a um delegate to the u.s congress have a relationship with uh, a staffer ethically and you know legally is it in, is it covered in the rules uh, well th those are two different uh, dimensions so I would say that I don't know what the current rules are uh, uh, legally uh, and uh, in in the past when this has happened uh, it was uh, ruled that they could but uh, ethically of course uh, uh, you know that's a that's a different set of challenges, and and of course it's a very uh, painful uh, situation for uh, his family in particular, and and that's that should be uh, you know uh, certainly uh, considered as right. as, yeah. as these stories go forward, but uh, but but the the, the ethical charge 
if there's an ethical charge made, it's something that uh, no no sitting uh, member of Congress can avoid. They they'd have to deal with it, and and so this will this will uh, certainly occupy a, a good part of his time. If it gets any further, and I think we're only in like the third day of this. Uh, That's right, and we also. So in your opinion, in order for this to move or, you know, to have a light shine on it on the, on the federal level, somebody has to put their uh, name on a piece of paper and file a complaint. I, I think as it currently stands, but there's two dimensions of this. You know, one is the, uh, the, uh, the, the money that he's spending as a member of Congress and then the money that he's spending in his campaign. Those are two different, uh, two different uh, areas. So you can't, you know, the Federal Election Commission will rule on one, and then the, the ethics charges, the, the House itself will deal with that. So let's just start on the campaign um, side. How, uh, how reasonable is it to think that the FEC uh, is going to see these stories on KUAM or whatever stories in Guam and be like, oh, we got to look into that? Is that how it's done? No, I don't think so. So how's it done? Uh, 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 someone has to file a complaint. That uh, that and and you know to like if you're charging that uh, uh, if you're charging that uh, he he forged uh, somebody's signature, the person's signature that he forged would have to come forward. Otherwise, it really doesn't mean anything. How does that work, though? I mean, <laughs> you know, the the allegation is that he forged his father's signature, and uh, you know, I got sons, and if something like that happened, I'm I'm not going to throw my son under the bus. Well, I, that's what that's what I mean. That's the pain. That's the pain. In involved here is because it is highly personal and you know uh, I think uh, you know Narissa and I we know all the principles involved you know mm-hmm. and so it's very very painful and, uh, and I think uh, I, I certainly feel for them yeah and I, and I think it's uh, very telling that we have um, you know the congressman I mean everybody knows this he's really really big on uh, social media and I I think this is the longest he's gone without posting anything, without responding. I mean, usually well, if we, we do know, a story... You Chris, if you consider that this really involves a very... Um, it, it involves a relationship, involves wife, um, you know, being betrayed, in, if even just the allegations. So, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if, if they're just trying to, to deal with this amongst themselves. And so I believe we need to give them that space and eventually, they, you know, they can't avoid speaking to, to the media. The reporters would want to ask him, because he's our delegate, you know, what do you think about the march? Because, you know, Congress is going to play a big part in this. And that, that's so part those, of, you know. So those, are, those are things that eventually will have to be addressed. But I think right now... Really, uh, out of the kindness of our hearts, let's just uh, let them deal with this personally. It will be addressed. Somebody's going to file a complaint. And, you know. and, I, and I think, you know, um, the self-determination thing, and I mean, mm-hmm. it's no secret. He just won't talk to KUAM, and, and I don't, um, you know, I have an idea how it started, but I mean, for it to carry on this long, and and I, I just feel like, you know, as the delegate who represents the people, that 
there should be a level of transparency. I don't think it's unreasonable for us to, you know, look at self-determination. You bring that up. I've emailed his office. I've emailed him, you know, five, six times. Uh, not anything controversial. You know, what's your stance on self-determination? Are you completely writing off meeting with these activists? Mm -hmm. groups and you know just real basic general inquiries mm -hmm. nothing you know too probing and we just don't get a response so and, and he was invited to to attend and he was in and, and his office was invited to send representatives but of course you know that's a, the, the one dimension is the personal but the other is the political and the political uh, he in and this this will be corrosive if he doesn't respond now you know may, maybe he needs a few days to respond but he needs to respond and he needs to respond to everybody so um, uh, you know, because otherwise he he pays a price for that, and he's going to uh, he eventually he's going to come to terms with that. And then inside Congress, you you don't know what the dynamics are, you know, because once people sense that uh, you're uh, weakened or you're wounded, you lose the clout. You 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 lose whatever little clout you have. Yeah. Uh, so I mean, yeah, I agree. I think he's uh, definitely got to respond. I also agree with you. I think that. I mean, there's got to be some stuff going on on the on the yeah. family level. Um, you know, I'm a divorced guy, and mm -hmm. I've been, I've done things. I've, you know, um, and I think at the end of the day, what you can do is try and make it right when you made right. mistakes. You know, so right. I, I do agree that. Um, he needs that time. But then on the flip side of it is on our end, and I think a lot of other media, is he's just not accessible. And he's only well, accessible yeah. to, to friendly media or, right. or you know, he'll, they'll do this thing where uh, people message him on Facebook and they say, oh, well, I message him on Facebook. But, you know, as a media, Facebook is not an official channel. For me, I don't right. Facebook Messenger, no. I mean, right. I'm going to email you. I'm going to email your, your email account. And, and so... Not responding to this, yeah. to me, it's not that surprising because he hasn't really responded to anything. And I think that that's part of the well, problem. Well, that's part of the problem. And part of the responsibility as public officials is that we are accountable to the public. Yeah. We just other, are. Yeah. We're being paid. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, that's <laughs> the other public. thing. It's like, you know, if you don't want the scrutiny, then, <laughs> then you know, don't, get <laughs> don't run for public office. That's and right. I, you know, people are, and, and are, the comments in the story, um, it's personal, you know, and then half of them are like, oh, well, so what? You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so there is that. I, I feel like the affair that is, I think it's personal. But what you use the office for to carry it out, to cover it up, to, you know, was there was there spending of a congressional funds or campaign right. funds? Those are the things that I think are, are relevant so, and in the public arena. So what I would hold his feet to would be the fact that a big march a historic march from the people of Guam had just occurred regarding the tomorrow right to self-determination. Sir, we need a comment from you. What are you going to do to respond to the voice of the people? Now that, to me, you don't need a few days to address that. Yeah. Well, I sent the emails. I mean, uh, but I think if you... And, and what the congressman is uh, doing and has successfully done is we don't get a response, so we, we got to look at his Facebook. And if you look at his Facebook, I think it's really clear that um, he doesn't support Chamor self-determination. And maybe that's why we're just not getting um, well, we, a response what, on Well, what, what we do is uh, uh, we try to guess at what he's thinking, and uh, we try to intuit. 
uh, for him and and uh, you know and and uh, of course he can then subsequently say uh, you know that's not what I was thinking or or portray himself as, as somehow or other the victim. the victim in this process and in reality in this whole saga he is not the victim yeah he is not the victim a lot so of victims he, but he doesn't want to he, there's a lot of victims but he's going to say that somebody is uh, out to get him and that may be true but but it the 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 what has been stated in public has to be responded to in public he can't just uh, guess that uh, you know uh, somebody's out to get him because this the person who has made John Paul Manuel has risked put his life on the line and he's it's, getting bashed for it yeah and he's put his his yeah. name on the yeah. line for and that's that. another thing I'm un- uncomfortable with so so to me this this yeah. issue with these allegations that John Paul mm-hmm. have made uh, I, I was talking to you guys before I feel like it's just another drop in the bucket because there's a lot of other things before this there's there's this um idea that people who go on social media and post anything critical of the congressman they get dragged cyberbullied I mean it's cyber let's just call it what it is it's cyberbullying and it's not just these fake accounts you've got like his brother his staffers (laughs) I mean I just can't wrap my mind around in 2019 to to have a congressional staffer comment I think it was to you haters gonna hate it's like what kind of world are we living in you were a congressional staffer you're not supposed to hater gonna hate (laughs) I just, you know, and I've never been one to believe in the decorum of the office, but I just never really saw it going uh, this way. And, you know, if anything, at the end of the day, if nothing comes of this, if he's able to to just not respond and it dies or no one files a complaint... Maybe it'll be the Dave Davis for him. It'll be that wake-up call where he, you know, because I, I don't think that this is sustainable. It's not. I mean, there's constituents that he just won't address. Um, there's media that he won't, just won't address. Yeah. There's issues yeah. he just won't address. No, and, and uh, you know, the, 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 the people, because I've, I've also emailed him and I've made phone calls to his office that have gone un, unresponded to. But, you know, but the people who he does uh, respond to, then they're in encouraged to go on the media and say, see, he's responsive. Yeah. And it's just yeah. a kind of a, it's childish, an artificial, really. it's a kind of an artificial world. That's what I always tell students. You know why they call this virtual reality? Because it's not real. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> virtual. A, it's right. virtual. Yeah. That's, it's a kind of a, a, an un, uh, a sandcastle that's being constructed and, uh, and formed. And uh, unless somebody is actively interacting with you right here, face to face, you can't really measure what, what is uh, going on, and that's that's a responsibility, I think, uh, as as all elected officials. Uh, right, have. And, I, and I just want to just go back to to John Paul Manuel, and and I've heard and seen the comments. I mean, he's not just not a staffer, you know. He was no. the chief of staff, <laughs> the campaign chairman, mm-hmm. and you know, people. Uh, uh, it's really turned into shoot the messenger. Well, I mean, I, full disclosure, he was supposed to come on the show this morning. He was. John Paul was was um, a loyal staffer for right. five years, not one year, not two years, yeah. but for five years. He's intelligent. He's always been there. Always driven Mike wherever he needed to go, um, and so he, so this took a lot of courage. 
Right. So let's just play devil's advocate here and, and let's go to the other side of the fence. Um, what, what do you say to those people who say, well, why now? Or, you know, why didn't you do it back then when, you know, you were signing things and arranging things and covering things up? Why didn't you come out and say anything then? Well, that, that's that that's see. You, you you cannot second guess John Paul because he's gone on the record. So why do we have to second guess him? That's the point. The point, the onus should be on the delegate to now go on the record. And 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 it's a, it's a really careful device to get people to start second guessing John Paul. Why why should we second guess John Paul? He's 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 rolled the dice. He's he's put it forward. So now we're going to we're going to second guess him well let, let's the the uh, and in a way second guess him on on it's seemingly on a kind of putting up a sort of a defense for the delegate but anyways we're well, this is uh, and then john paul uh, is not the only uh, former um staffer or you know uh, former colleague or someone someone else who was uh, in the Senegalese campaign is uh, his former campaign uh, counsel Carlo Dizan right. and Carlo Dizan um, had posted on his um, Facebook again 2019 uh, just talking about Facebook it's just kind of funny to me but <laughs> he posted something on his Facebook uh, defending John Paul Manuel and expressing his disappointment he said hey you know Congressman Senegalese is someone I look up to and I know this because uh, my beat is Congress. I cover the congressman. You know, I can, that's just how it is. And so, in covering it, I would I've reached out to Carlo uh, before for comment, and he just you know, I think there was a sense of loyalty there. Uh, mm -hmm. And so, for him to put this on his on his Facebook, and then there was another post where he said that uh, the congressman should resign because he, uh, and in this post he said he's about to become a national embarrassment. So, uh, what are your thoughts on that? Um, him being a national embarrassment, <laughs> or just you know, the, because uh, if somebody files an ethics complaint, what's the only way out? Well, he has to respond to that. See, it, 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 uh, filing an ethics complaint is not the same as dealing with KUAM. <laughs> he has to respond to the ethics complaint. So, the, but the the issue for him is his own personal effectiveness as a member of Congress. Because once once people get a sense of this inside Congress, uh, you know, uh, people are just not, uh, you know, some people will uh, maybe have some real close friends will say, oh, don't worry about it. And think Remember like he that. gave Pelosi cookies. Yeah, but, you know, we'll see We'll see going forward how, how this works out because I just I just don't, don't you know, seeing people who have gone uh, through this kind of issue, people just avoid them and ignore them. And, and uh, you, you know, sometimes you're sitting on the floor and someone will say, oh, see, so-and-so, he's dead and he doesn't know it, you know, stuff wow. like that. And this is not a, I mean, for that type of office, an elected office, to have a you know uh, you know allegations of a scandalous affair, uh, we've seen this in the national. News. Oh yeah, yeah, we've seen it, and it and and um, you know I, I think uh, well interestingly it hasn't appeared in the PDN yet, but when it appears in the PDN, then it's sort of out in Gannett. Right. Yeah, and then once that gets out, or or someone puts it on AP, then you know, then they'll start getting around. And then the national uh, media, maybe Definitely. on the Hill. I mean, there are people who yeah. cover Congress. You know, I want to go back to what you said about uh, you know being dead and not knowing it in Congress. Well, that's one thing. But what about here on Guam with the, the constituents that you serve? I mean, uh, what about? 
that, I mean, we're getting nothing here. I know the congressman has, uh, you know, picked up and moved the family over to Washington, D.C. So, uh, you know, we don't know where the, the district director uh, doesn't respond as well. The legal counsel doesn't respond. I mean, I have my issues about going to the office because of things you've seen that we've reported on uh, previously. So <laughs> we just don't know what to do. Well, and, and I mean, it's a, it's a really unusual situation. I'm, I'm assuming that I don't know very many uh, uh, other congressional offices uh, district offices that at least don't have a sign outside the building that there's a congressional office in here and, it, and that's absent so I'm, you know it's it's a very unusual situation doesn't mean that it, it can't be resolved or that there won't be a rush of activity but it just seems very uh, unusual that a lot of people seem to be saying uh, that uh, they're asking for constituent services and they're not receiving them or they're not going they're not getting them but you know those those whether people win or lose elections on that basis I'm not sure right uh, they, they more or less win or lose elections on the basis of what they did yeah and I think that um, I got to give it up to the congressman on this is he's he's successfully made this on his terms you know I mean he's doing what he wants to do he's not I don't really see it as a I think that in his mind and you know just basing uh, this on things that he said on, on social media and in, in the media is that you know I feel like he thinks that people elected him so that was just kind of a rubber stamp for everything he wants to do and you know I'm I got a bunch of pissed off cockfighters that, you know, want to be interviewed because they're not getting the time of day from uh, the congressman. And uh, really uh, moving ahead, how do you respond to this, though? So we keep saying he has to respond. We want to give him time. But how do you how do you spin this, if you will? If. Yeah, these allegations, and you know, when well, he does I, come I, out, what what would you do? Who's you? I mean, I don't know. I mean, I I, I don't I, I don't I don't know enough details personally. Oh, it seems like there's a lot of details. Uh, you know, but <laughs> I, I, they're just they're just you know stuff that's on social media. Right. But uh, but at some point uh, he has to 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 make a statement, and he he has to make a statement about him himself, his uh, his the efficacy of his work, and and his relationship with his family. And I think that that affair is one thing, but for him to come out and address the allegations of uh, the affair, I want. I'm more interested in seeing the campaign finance stuff because I've been covering his campaign finance, uh, you know, since he was a senator. And, and I think if you look at his FEC filings, uh, they're vague. There's a lot of reimbursements. So I think when um, John Paul makes the allegation that he reimburses himself for these uh, personal expenditures. Um, I got to agree, because when I look at his uh, federal campaign filings, I mean, it's, you know, 95 percent of it is uh, reimbursement to the candidate. And he's gone on record and said that how he does it is he he fronts his own money mm -hmm. and then he reimburses whenever he does a fundraiser. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm, I'm, you know, I again, it's been a while since I've done this. But the, normally the way you reimburse yourself from a campaign is that you give money to the campaign first, and you have to list it as a donation. You don't spend the money and then come back and say, I spent this money on my own personal behalf. That's not, uh, uh, that's not normally. You, you give, I say, well, I'm loaning the campaign $10,000, and then, you know, you get reimbursed for Right, but for legitimate campaign expenses, but uh, I, I don't I don't know enough about what he filed 
Uh, but uh, you, I don't think you can just uh, go out and start spending money and saying, well, I'm going to reimburse this for myself because this is what I spent on. And I mean, I've seen all the um, uh, campaign finance reports and that's what's happening is you don't see uh, Mike and Nicholas, um, you know, giving $10,000. All you see is reimbursement, reimbursement, reimbursement. Yeah. Well, that's, that's very odd. Yeah. That, that seems to me to be odd. Well, I've called the FEC on it and they said that it wasn't normal. Mm-hmm. So I guess uh, they agree with you. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, we're all just kind of treading water. I feel like there's some major bombs dropped on, on these yeah, allegations. I mean, this is kind of you know, turning into a whole other show here. Yeah. At the end of the day, it's really the voters, and we yeah. won't know until November yeah. 2020. And I have my thoughts on this. Uh, I think this last election, and there's no disrespect, I mean, obviously, I really believe Congressman St. Nicholas is a very intelligent man. I think that, um, you know, obviously he's got some really fervent supporters. But I think the last election was a little fluky, you know? I don't think there was a quality opponent on the Republican side, and I think, um, you know, uh, Berdalio, I just, I think people didn't take him seriously. And, you know, if you want to say that some Republicans came over and, and whatever. So anyway, I guess you're right, but I wonder if we're going to have to wait till the next election because, uh, you know, we've already got his former campaign staff attorney coming well, out. Well, unless, unless there's a widespread call for his resignation. Unless he resigns, you have to wait until the next election. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Anything else you want to add? Uh, no, I, it's, uh, thank, you for, thank you for, oh, uh, thank you for the you podcast. And, uh, oh, we got some comments here. Until... Yeah. Um, Proving true or false, wait for his response, make no judgment. Uh, Till then, uh, keep on him, Chris, about his finances. Yeah, and I think that we haven't really made a, a judgment. You know, yeah. I think that just uh, really, and, and just calling for the, the accountability is something that, uh, you know, I'd want to see is just, uh, you know, if anything, at the end of the day, when we get past this, yeah. hey, yeah. The, but, engaging but, the media is an opportunity for you to look good, too. Right. But, you know, tr- transparency is not about saying I'm innocent of charges. Transparency is about opening your service so that people can make judgment about what you're doing. That's mm-hmm. different. That's yeah. not, you know, it's like the difference between uh, law breaking and, and ethical uh, restrictions. Ethical restrictions are rules that you uh, implicitly follow because you're an ethical person. Or sometimes they'll give like a like an, a, a favorite house ethical rule is, uh, you know, don't accept a gift over $20 in value. So, you know, so someone wants to give you a birthday cake and they say, well, is that... Uh, okay? It's 1999, I'll take it. <laughs> then it's okay. Let's go but, back to the, the uh, <laughs> having a relationship with a staffer. Yes, ethically, you know, legally... You said it's okay, yeah. but does that make it right? Well, that's the that's the call of the voters. See, that's that's a judgment call. See, so you know, legally it may be okay. I don't know, I, and I don't know en- enough about current house ethics rules. But you know, you have to go back to 25, 30 years ago. How did how did people deal with this, and how did they deal with it now? But now you see the the floor of our understanding about public service and truth and veracity has shifted yeah. significantly. Yeah. You know? yeah. So you can say anything. In parts of President Trump. And yeah. Like, yeah, in large yeah. parts. Large part. Part. Yeah. 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 And I've never heard of a Category Five hurricane. <laughs> <laughs> I've never heard of nuking the hurricane. <laughs> so, anyway. All right. So that's uh, been group chat. You know, I just wanted to get uh, you guys in here. And really, it started about the march. And we had planned this since last week, but 
that all this stuff came out. And, you know, uh, given you guys' experience uh, in politics and your experience in Congress, I just wanted to get your um, two cents, even if it was more like a dollar. Okay. Okay. So, again, uh, for Dr. Narissa, Dr. Robert, this has been a group chat. My name is Chris Barnett. Hasta adios. Adios. Adios.